Okay, so the hard ground has been plowed. Uh, life is growing in us. We increase the depth of our soil and the roots go down deep. But what happens as soon as you work up the ground nice? What else grows? Not just the seed, right? A whole bunch of weeds come up that you didn't even know were there. And you think, where did they all come from? Well, they were all there. And, and there they are. You've got a weedy mess. And that's what Jesus says. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. The third problem affecting our spiritual receptivity is that we get distracted by pleasures and concerns. When we're honest, the effect that worries and wealth have on the spiritual receptivity of of Christians, particularly in North America, is staggering. We live in a very busy culture. We live in a very wealthy culture, if not completely in debt, but wealthy nonetheless. We're we're suffocating under unimaginable debt load. The bills keep piling up, and our, our physical spaces as well as our mental spaces are crammed, full of stuff, but full of anxiety, too, about what we have to do or where we have to go or what we need to buy or what we need to cut or what we need to make or sell or, or promote or ignore. For some of us, worry obstructs our ability to really hear Jesus and to grow in faith. Worry is something we work with every day, right? And I know, I know some of you pretty well, and I know that's the issue for you, but I know, I know it's just true of us as, as a people that worry can be this all-consuming thing that, that frankly chokes us and chokes the desire that God wants to grow in us and the, the work he wants to do in us. For others, it is a love affair with money. We may not state it that way, but we know that somehow when it all comes down to it, that's what makes the decision in our lives. Whether it's worry or whether it's wealth, whether it's having little or having a lot, fixing our attention on what does not last, on what does not enhance human relationships, on what does not matter in the light of eternity is what's choking God's work in our lives. These things crowd in, and they've got a chokehold. But I want to ask, do you even believe that? I mean, I feel like I, in my own heart, and there's something that wants to defend the place of worry and wealth, right? I automatically want to defend it. But this is important. Now, I need to be concerned about this. I need to, you know, this is, this is something that I... And so I was thinking, how many times do I... And eh, let me broaden it, because I'm preaching. How many times do we resist and ignore what Jesus is saying to us because we can't afford that or we can't afford to be generous or we really don't have the time to serve or I don't want to give up my ambitions. Again, I may not state it that way, but that's what it really comes down to. I don't want, I don't want Jesus' ambitions to rule my life. I have my own ambitions. I, I, maybe I've prioritized something that consistently takes my family away from the very place where they'll grow as in church, spiritual friendships, mentoring relationships. Maybe we're more committed to our own kingdom advancement than we are to the kingdom of God transforming our lives and the lives of people around us. Maybe we've oriented our life practices or our mental spaces or our spiritual loves around accumulation or even just around a lifestyle that we really love. Or we fret and we worry about how things are going to work out, about what's happening in our family, about who is where and what is why. And and, and we let the anxiousness rule our hearts. And we're swirling balls of anxiety, not letting the peace that Jesus offers lead us and fill us. And all the while, the work that 
Jesus wants to do in us, he's trying to do in us, is being choked out. It's like spiritual asphyxiation. The root system can't find room to expand. The tops are being overgrown and are being crowded out. The sun can't penetrate the canopy of wealth and of worry that has become your way of life. So what's the solution? What's the solution to a weedy garden? Some of you turn to chemical warfare. Some of you a little more organic. But nonetheless, you do whatever it takes to do what? Get the weeds out of there, right? And I know many of you, most of you, have weeded far more gardens than I have. Weeding is essential, but it's not always pretty, is it? We try to get all the roots. We untangle from other plants. And we go away on vacation. Oh, my goodness, in the middle of July. And then we come back. And what's happened? You've got an incredible growth happening in your garden. And the roots have gone deep, but it's all the wrong stuff. And we've got to get the potato fork out just to somehow get the weeds loosened enough to pull. And we end up annihilating half the stuff that's growing in there. But we've got to get the weeds out. Well, we need weeding. And weeding can be very painful. But it's what's needed if what God intends in our lives is ever going to happen. So if money is your issue, and, and hear me right, this is whether you have a little bit of money or a lot of money. Money can still rule your life. If money is your issue, Jesus is going to start by pulling some weeds from your life. And it will be painful. And how will he do that? I think, he, well, he may have to put it to plow in. I get all that traumatic stuff. But actively, I think Jesus is calling you to live a life of radical generosity. Maybe worry is your concern. Again, little money, a lot of money, whatever. Maybe money isn't even the issue, but worry. The call of Jesus, I think, is likely the same thing. It's a call to radical generosity. Because, you see, worry is a self-centered, self-absorbed life where you and your concerns form the core of your heart and your mind and your thinking and your actions. And the only thing that breaks you out of that is by following Jesus into a self-giving, self-sacrificing way of life for others. Wealth or worry, we need Jesus with a weed whacker in our lives. I tried to Google that. Jesus, I thought somebody surely would have had Jesus in a robe with a weed whacker, but at last there was no picture of that. So you can just picture it in your minds. Jesus out there, weed whacking in your heart. There's a progression here, right? Hard soil, God's word gets in when the soil's broken up. Shallow soil, in community, we, we, we get the, the depth of our soil deeper so the teachings of Jesus are put into action, applied into our lives. And then the weedy soil, we let Jesus begin to pull things out of our lives that are hindering the growth that he wants to see in us. The way he wants to take us to a whole nother level of faith and mission. And I think this is where many of us stop. I think it's right there where most of us, you know, we've dealt with some of the obvious stuff. The gross sin has been taken care of. We've married the person we've been living with or we, you know, broke off the affair or we, 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 we started dealing with addictions or, you know, we paid back the money we ripped off from that friend or enemy or whatever. Uh, you know, we've kind of dealt with some of the major stuff and things have calmed out a bit and, 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 and we stop there because things are a little bit better. Some of the things, though, that Jesus wants to weed out of our lives aren't necessarily sin. It might be some good stuff. It might be great things. It might be something you really love. It might be something that you put a lot of money into, put a lot of time and effort into. And Jesus says, it's blocking you. It's preventing me from doing this amazing thing in your life, to, for seeing this amazing growth in your life, and you've got to get rid of it. And I don't know what that might be for you, but 
some of those weeds are pretty big. They're overshadowing everything else. Jesus wants to rip them out so that we can really become the people that God has created us to be. And where is all this going? You know, what's the whole deal? Plowing and cultivating and weeding. It's so that we can experience amazing growth in our lives. That's the desire. That's the point of this whole story. The seed gets in and boom! Stops growing in the good soil. This amazing work of God is bearing fruit, crazy amounts of fruit. So here's what you need to hear today. If you can identify with any of this, I'm, I'm a hard, unreceptive person, or there's an area in my life where I'm hard, or I, I, I've been shallow and I'm really discouraged, or I'm caught up with my own stuff, and you've identified that, you can come to Jesus. If you've heard that, you can come to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I need you to put the plow in. I need you to cultivate me. I need you to do some deep digging. I need you to do some weeding. You can come to Jesus, you can say that, and as you do that, you'll find that you are becoming good soil. That as God's word is getting into you, it will immediately begin to grow. That you will begin to experience fruit in your life. That yes, there will be hard times that come from that. But it will also be amazing to see how God begins to restore and heal and forgive and take you to a whole place that you had never imagined. And the more we are receptive to Jesus, the more we respond to him, the more we let him into our garden, the more growth we experience in our lives. And that's where Jesus finishes the story. He says, others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. They hear the word. They accept it. They produce a crop. That's good soil. It's responsive. It's receptive. It's the roots go down deep and the weeds are cleared away and it's amazing the results that it's able to produce. Increasing our spiritual receptivity is only possible when Jesus works the soul, works the soil of our souls. Jesus is a good farmer and what he tills up and what he plants and what he weeds is able to grow with astonishing results. So what are we going to do with that? What are you going to do? I don't know where you found yourself in this story today. Maybe it was a mix of all, all four types of soils. But we need to respond to this. That's actually the whole point of the parable, right? Response, receptivity, do something with it. We could all sit here this morning and walk away and go, well, that was a long sermon, <laughs> which it is. Or, or, or we can actually do something with it, right? Respond to it somehow. So I want to make three suggestions, but you've got to fill in some blanks here. I don't know what it is for you. For some of us, especially areas in our lives where it's been hard soil, we need to do some confession. Confessing sin, confessing fear, confessing anxiety, confessing honestly to Jesus, and I would suggest to a trusted Christian friend, to make a confession. I've been hard and unreceptive what God has been trying to do in this area of my life. I've kind of known what he was going to say to me, and I, I just kind of avoided his gaze, you know? We all do that, or at least our kids do. We know what he's going to say, and we don't really want to hear it, and so we kind of duck out. God, we know this is true, and we look at the work of Jesus when he brings freedom to people's lives. What he wants to do in their lives is amazing. He wants to bring freedom to them. But sometimes we can't even imagine what freedom would look like, and so we kind of look away. And maybe, maybe your issue is anger and you haven't been wanting to deal with it. Maybe there's something, some deep bitterness in your life and you haven't been wanting to even admit it. Maybe you have a, 
maybe you carry some real unforgiveness towards someone and it's something you, you, you just, you know that, that there's some hard pan going on there. The seed is just bouncing off and you need Jesus to put a plow in. And I think part of that putting the plow in, of letting Jesus put the plow in, is, is to confess. There's power in confession. So I challenge you and encourage you to confess whatever that is to God and to a trusted Christian friend. The next one you've already heard. We need to make a commitment to community. You know, as a leadership team here at the Erickson Covenant Church, we know that we believe as we prayed and discerned and talked, we're convicted and convinced that the next step for us as a community is this one. If we are going to grow roots as the Erickson Covenant Church, if we are going to be healthy, if we're going to be all that God desires us to be, we have got to get into community. And that is not only coming Sunday morning. This is important. This is a time when we come together, we worship God, and we hear from God, and we respond together, and this is part of growing community. But it's not enough. If you want to grow in community... If this community is going to grow the way and produce the kind of results that God longs for us to produce, we need to be in small groups of people together. Whether it's organized from the church or whether it's self-organized, I don't personally care, but we've got to do it. We've got to make a commitment as a community to travel regularly with eight or ten people. Try to mix it up. Get some multiple generations in there if you can. But we've got to get together. We've got to get in front of God's Word. We've got to begin challenging one another and how we put this into practice. We've got to serve together. We've got to confess to each other. We've got to hold each other accountable. We've got to pursue this dream that Jesus has for us and for our community. We've got to do it together. We cannot do it in isolation. And so I want to lob that challenge out there and tell you that this is where we've got to go. And if you need help forming a group, we're going we're to try to help you. But some of you don't need any help forming a group. You can form it. You can lead it. And I encourage all the rest of you to find those people and ask them to lead those groups. Uh, and, and this is something we need to do. And so as a leadership team, we're going we're to be trying to step toward that. But please don't wait for us. Let's move it. Let's do it. Let's start gathering in, in groups. I know some of you already are. And we're seeing great things happen already. But this has to happen if our roots are going to go down deep. And then the third thing that might be the real challenge for you is the practicing of radical generosity. Some of us need some real weeding in our lives. And you know it. And I don't know what it is for you, but you know that Jesus needs to come and pull some stuff. You are overwhelmed by worry. You are all consumed with things other than the kingdom of Jesus. And I believe that it starts with some confession as well and getting in community. These are all going together here. But we also may come to a place where we say, you know what, I need to make some steps of radical generosity. That might be financial generosity. It might be generosity with your time. It might be just acknowledging, you know, my whole life revolves around me, my stuff, my concerns, my family even. And I know all those things can be important. But somehow we've got to be able to step out and say, I'm going to live generously with my community. I'm going to live generously with the people around me. I'm going to ask God to fill me with faith so that I can step up and practice His kind of kingdom giving and living. So that as He weeds, He also will fill us and send us to produce that great crop. So what is it that God wants to weed out of your life? I encourage you to identify that and take a step this week toward the weeding process, whatever that may look like.
That's what this is all for. You know, this is why we come together. It's why we listen to Jesus. It's why we're here, I would argue. It's all about this kingdom of Jesus growing in our lives. The challenge is that this seed that, 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 that Jesus is out there tossing around, it's meant to grow, but whether it will grow or not, whether we will grow or not, is completely dependent upon whether we're willing to respond, to listen. In this story, the parable, there's this funky little middle section where Jesus talks about the outsiders not getting it. and It's confusing, I admit that. But essentially what we see in the story is that people out there can kind of hear the story of Jesus and go, oh, I didn't get it, and then just move on and miss what God has. But those who are willing to come to Jesus and say, I did not understand what you were saying. Could you please explain it to me? All of them got it explained. All of them had it laid out for them. All of them were invited into what Jesus had. And Jesus finishes his story with this challenge. He says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. He says that again. He says, consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more. Those who have will be given more. As for those who do not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. That sounds harsh, but really all it's saying is the level of our spiritual growth is directly proportionate to our receptivity to Jesus. If we're willing to receive what he has for us, if we're willing to step out and let the plow in, if we're willing to let the soil be cultivated deeper so that our roots grow, if we let Jesus in with the weed whacker, we will grow, we will receive more. The more we respond to Jesus, the more we're going to hear from God. The more receptive we are to Jesus' farming, the more God's fruit is going to grow in our lives. When I look at my own life, I want to let Jesus in to do some farming. When I look at our community, I know that Jesus wants to expand the good soil that exists right here. And I think as we do that, we'll begin to capture maybe a bit, maybe a glimmer or a glimpse of what God really wants to do in us and through us if we let him do this, if we let him break up the soil, if we let him pull the weeds and plant his good seed. Can we even begin to dream a little bit about what a full crop of kingdom seed would look like right here at the Erickson Covenant Church, right here in the Creston Valley? Children, it's already happening. You know, There's already good soil happening. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's not like we're all hard-packed. There's good stuff happening. We're already seeing it happen. Children are coming here. They're finding out about Jesus, and guess what they're doing? They're going home. They're telling their mom and dad about it, and they're telling them, we're going back to church because we're excited about what we're hearing about Jesus. Women in our valley are being rescued out of abusive homes. Men are valuing women as God intended them to be valued. This is the kind of stuff that is happening and needs to expand as the good soil it gets a hold of God's word and grows. There's ne- neglected children who are being loved. Forgiveness is happening. Marriages are being restored. Sins being confessed. Life is coming back into dead spaces in our own lives, but also in our families and in this valley. And all of it's coming from the fertile soil of the people who've been willing to receive from Jesus. I think that's what Jesus is calling us into as the Erickson Covenant Church. I know he's, what he's calling me into. I hope we're listening. I hope we're listening. Let's pray. Jesus, we are thankful for your work in our lives, your commitment to see your word grow, your work done. And when you look at our hearts here today, when you look at our lives, you know exactly what's going on. You know where we're hardened and resistant. You know where we're shallow, ready to fall over. You know where the weeds are choking everything out. You also know the places in our lives, maybe a little corner 
where the seed is getting down and it's germinating and it's growing and, and, and your word is beginning to, to come up and produce a crop. Jesus, you know us and you know this valley and you love each and every man, woman, boy and girl in the Creston Valley and you long to see each one experience your freedom and your life. And you've called us to partner with you in that. And Jesus, it starts with our willingness to let you in, to work in our lives. May we be a church who listens and does what you say. That's our prayer, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.